0: Welcome to the 35th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, our topics are a recap of Patrick's weekend predictions and a deep dive into the NBA. Let's jump right in with a look back at Patrick's weekend predictions, which are posted every Thursday on our website, 4thand24.com. And we'll start with NBA predictions. The Clippers beat the 76ers 106-103, with Patrick correctly picking 76ers in that contest. The Knicks beat the Mavericks 117-109. to Patrick incorrectly picked the Knicks. The Lakers beat the Jazz 127-115 in overtime. Patrick incorrectly picked the Jazz. The Celtics beat the Warriors 119-114, with Patrick correctly picking the Celtics, despite the typo on his Instagram account. So Patrick went 2-2 two two in NBA predictions this past weekend. And then in the, M- in the Major League Baseball, we decided to change things up and go from game-by-game predictions to weekend series predictions. We'll have... Patrick commented on how he thought that methodology worked, but the Dodgers took two of three games from the Padres in a big NL West battle. Patrick correctly picked the Dodgers in that series. The Braves took two of three from the Cubs, with Patrick correctly picking the Braves to win that series. The Phillies took two of three games from the Cardinals. Patrick correctly picked the Phillies to win that series. And the Reds took two of three games from the Indians, with Patrick incorrectly picking the Indians. So Patrick went 3-1 in his MLB weekend series predictions, making him 5-3 overall. In his weekend predictions, which brings the overall total to 107 and 66, a 619 winning percentage. Patrick, your thoughts and your predictions?
1: I think first I'd want to touch on the uh, MLB there and uh, I, I kind of I'll do a little mathematical uh, reference to say why I think the series thing works out better. Uh, if I had predicted all of these games as individual games, all 12 of the series that are all 12 of the games in the four series that I had picked, I would have ended up with a 58.3% winning percentage. However, by picking them as series as individual series, uh, I end up with a 75% win percentage because I got three out of the four series. Right. And, uh, you know, this is generally how baseball is. I mean, the, the Dodgers aren't sweating the fact that they lost to the Padres and wasted a great start by Trevor Bauer. They're not, they're not upset with that because they beat the Padres twice beforehand. So in the nature of baseball, People don't dwell on on one game only, and it's just not really like a game to game sport as much as basketball is. So I, I think it makes a lot more sense to do that in the first place, and also it gives me an actual be, a, a much better chance of actually predicting it correctly based on a knowledge, and I can incorporate not just one pitching matchup but multiple. So yeah, I, I really liked how it worked out this week a lot better than last week, and I even I, I looked into it last week, and a few of the teams that I had picked to lose actually. That or a few of the teams that I had picked to win and lost won the series still. So I was like, okay, well, that's not really that fair that they won two out of three, but I picked the one they lost. So I wanted to continue with this model because also it means I'm not picking on very specific matchups. Uh, and yeah, so overall, good week in the MLB, good week for the first week of that. Uh, and in the NBA, I got hit with the injury bug again. It's like I have my own personal COVID list for my the predictions list. Bug. Well, the overtime thing was a little bit uh, different, but uh, the Clippers, or sorry, we I, I think you might have said that in the reverse. The 76ers beat the Clippers. I did pick the 76ers. Uh, and that game, the Sixers, I think, were up by eight points with about 20 seconds left, and they let the lead get all the way down to one which was uh, crazy enough. I was watching that game and I thought I was a bad luck charm and I turned it off for a second and then they made two free throws and then I turned it back on and they won the game. Uh, on the other hand, you have the Knicks winning six games in a row. We'll talk about that more later, but I did not expect them to beat the Mavericks. Uh, the Lakers beating the Jazz. Now, this is the one I want to talk about. Uh, there were like 10 game time decisions combined between these two teams uh, heading into this game. And every single one of the game time decisions played for the Lakers, and none of them played for the Jazz. Uh, Mike Conley did not play. Donovan Mitchell did not play. Derek Favors did not play. And uh, Rudy Gobert did not play. And then the Lakers had, uh, had Dennis Schroeder and Andre Drummond as game time decisions, and both of them played. So not only did the Lakers have their full cast, basically, except for LeBron and Anthony Davis... But, they also, but the Jazz also did not have the people who were supposed to be guarding those important members of the full cast, especially when you consider Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, and as I wrote about in my article, I thought the game was going to come down to the matchup between Rudy Gobert and Andre Drummond. That matchup turned into Andre Drummond and Ersan Ilyasova, which is not really the same matchup as the defensive two-time Defensive Player of the Year, so... That one, I got messed up, and they were also up by two with five seconds left and let the game get into overtime, and then they got killed in the overtime. And yes, the typo on Instagram, on my graphic, I had the Warriors winning. If you look at my article, I actually did have the Celtics winning, and it's on three different pages on my site, so you can you can verify that, and it's in the article. Trust me, I did pick the Celtics, and I especially remember that because even in my head, I checked the score of that game, and they were losing by 16, and I was really upset because I was like, oh no, I'm going one and three in the NBA again. And then then they made a miraculous comeback and I was like, yeah, I went two and two. And then I looked at my Instagram and I went, wait a second, I picked the Warriors. Now I went one and three, but changes the narrative with that typo. But anyway, a, a, a decently successful week in my predictions. It adjusted the winning percentage by 0.001. So not really going either way, but I will take that because the winning percentage I'm at right now is pretty good.
0: Definitely, 619 winning percentage is it's pretty down respectable, particularly given the, some of the things we talked about, the anomalies of you picking days in advance as opposed to right before the game not with imperfect knowledge.
1: And I even tried to pick on Friday games this week, but obviously you can't pick four great games from Friday alone because that's not the main day of the NBA schedule. So,
0: All right, well, as we mentioned, Patrick does these uh, weekend predictions earlier than a lot of the games. They're every Thursday posted up on our website, 4th dot 24com That wraps our look back at Patrick's weekend predictions. Let's turn our attention to the NBA, where, as usual, we do our recap of the most impressive teams of the week, most disappointing teams of the week, and the player of the week. So, Patrick, let's start with your most impressive team of the week.
1: Uh, Yeah, this is very clear-cut, and actually, for both of these, you're going to see the East was the impressive league as a whole this week, and the West was very, very disappointing. Uh, The first team is the Philadelphia 76ers. They're on a four-game win streak right now. although they do play the Warriors tonight, so we'll see how that one goes because the Warriors are pretty hot right now too. Uh, They beat the Mavericks, the Nets, and the Clippers, so this is not a 3-0 stretch that you're going to take lightly. This is a very, very, very strong winning streak for the 76ers. Uh, These are three good teams. I mean, the Mavericks are on a little bit of a slump right now. They're not playing their best basketball. uh, Probably the wrong time of the year to be doing that. But the win over the Nets was a pretty big one, uh, although they almost choked the game away, I'm not going (laughs) to lie. But then that win over the Clippers was a pretty uh, important result because they really had to contend in that game with Paul George playing really, really well recently. Uh, They weren't necessarily able to slow him down, but I I wouldn't say they let him go crazy. So that's good enough, I guess, when a player is that hot, uh, especially a player of that caliber. So overall... A really strong week for the 76ers. And they are also now in first place with a one-and-a-half game lead over the Nets after they were tied going into the week, that by virtue of beating the Nets.
0: All right, let's move to your second-place team. Again, you had a little foreshadowing. We're, we're going to be sticking in the East here. So which which Eastern Conference team comes in at number two?
1: This one is the first of the—actually, the, both these last two teams have six-game six game winning streaks going right now. Uh, this one I gave to the Boston Celtics because they're a very, very close win over the Trailblazers, I thought showed a lot of character and strength of that team, that they can win a 116-115 to 115 game against probably the best fourth quarter team, you could say, in the league, that being the Trailblazers, because they have Damian Lillard, who is the best closer currently that we have. Uh, they also beat the Lakers, again, injury depleted, but uh, that's another game that, the Lakers are always going to take that game seriously, no matter who's playing. And again, this is the same Lakers team that beat the Nets with the exact same players. So it's not like the Lakers are just a bunch of a bunch of bums playing when they don't have LeBron and AD. Uh, great surrounding core around them. Uh, and then they beat the Warriors. And as I said, they were down by 16 in that game. At some point, I, they might have even been down by more. That's just when I saw it. They were down 66 to 50. And Jason Tatum... Had to contend with Steph Curry scoring 47 points by scoring 44 of his own coming off his career high last week of 53. Uh, he has been playing amazing for the Celtics and is a very big part of the six game win streak they're on and the fact that they are now tied in fourth place with Atlanta. Although you could say none of that matters because they're both, if they tie for fourth and fifth, they're just going to play each other. But I would say that getting an extra game. Uh, especially if it comes down to this, a uh, game seven at uh, at the in Boston would be huge as opposed to having it on the road. I mean, Atlanta does not have one of the greatest fan bases or anything, but any any road game is always going to be harder than any home game. So they would much rather take over that fourth place and maybe even get in a third over the Bucks if if possible.
0: All right, and number three, most impressive team of the week.
1: It is the New York Knicks. Uh, They went 4-0 this week. Uh, They're also on a six-game win streak, as I said. They're in sixth place. They are only a half game back of that Atlanta-Boston tie, so that's also pretty important for why that tie is not necessarily set in place because if one of those teams starts to lose a little bit more, Boston, you could see Boston slipping right back down to the sixth. You could see New York climbing up all the way to the four. A lot of different things can happen when you have a half-game margin between those teams, and those teams have kind of been up and down throughout the year, uh, depending on when you catch them. They've been playing very differently from other times. But overall, I really liked what the Knicks did this week. They didn't have as hard of a schedule as those other three teams. I mean, those those teams I mentioned, look, the Sixers played uh, the two-seed in the, in the East, the three-seed in the West, and also the Mavericks, who are another good team. Uh, the Celtics played the four seed or the five seed in the West, the six seed in the West, and the Warriors, who are hot right now, although they're not very high in the standings, kind of similar to the Mavericks, but a little bit opposite. Uh, these The Knicks did not play the level of schedule, but they still went 4 0, and they beat the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and then the Pelicans again in overtime. And again, uh, not as high because of that schedule, but they are only now a half game back of Atlanta and Boston for that tie for fourth. Uh, The most important thing is that they're playing themselves out of the play-in spot. And currently that team is Miami, so I would not put it past the Knicks to lose that spot uh, and give it up to Miami. And then we'd have to see what happens in the play-in game. Uh, But I I think they're very happy with the way they're playing right now. And it looks like they will be able to avoid that play-in so far, but it, it could change very quickly.
0: Yeah, well, so, uh, as you mentioned, all these teams in the East, and, and you mentioned a little bit, briefly mentioned Atlanta, they easily could have made your list. The whole, the the four, five, six teams in the East, just in their last 10 games, have been really keeping pace with each other, kind of distancing themselves a little from the pack, so...
1: Yeah, although the Hawks did not look great uh, against the against the Bucs, losing to Giannis on a minute's restrictions. That's not necessarily a great look compared to when you have these teams going on huge win streaks, undefeated against pretty much all playoff teams, I think. Says a little bit more about them because the Hawks did play a playoff team and they did not capitalize yeah. on the opportunity.
0: But I think you have, I think all these teams have been seven and three or eight and two in their last ten games.
1: Yeah, and and uh, the one team actually that I would like to mention that wasn't on there is actually not the Hawks; it's the Warriors because they went three and one and only lost to the Celtics, uh, and they've been playing a lot of good teams. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, you had the Jamal Murray injury uh, in a game for. In a game against Denver, uh, that's where Jamal Murray got injured at the very end of the game. But they really controlled that game. Uh, Steph Curry had like 50 points and did not even need to play until three or four minutes left in the fourth quarter because they were just beating the Nuggets by a lot. And uh, we'll get to more about Steph Curry later. But they overall had a three in one week, and we'll see what happens with them against the Sixers tonight. And uh, they're playing pretty well. So that's right. the fourth team that the honorable Could've mention. Three, yeah,
0: three B. Team 3B. Yeah. Alright, let's move to the uh, flip side of the coin. Most disappointing teams of the
1: week. Yep, now we're going to go to the Western Conference where uh, the Mavericks went 1-2 this week. They're now in 7th place. I think they've been there for a majority of the year. Uh, they're two games back of Portland for 6th, and they've been doing a lot of complaining about the fact that the play-in exists probably because they're in the 7th seed. is um, <laughs> probably a big part of that, but I can see why in the, in the East it makes it maybe more intriguing because maybe seven through 10, there isn't that much of a drop off. But when you consider the seven, the top seven teams in the West compared to the rest of them, and even you could throw in the Warriors there too, there is a pretty big drop off. Uh, when you talk about, we're talking about the Lakers, the Suns, the Jazz, uh, the Nuggets, you get the Suns in there, you get the Clippers, that's six, that's already six. Uh, I don't know if I said the Trailblazers already, but you get the Blazers and the Mavericks as kind of that seventh team. And that's not really fair for a team of that caliber to be down there. So I do understand why they're complaining. But at the same time, they could do themselves a favor and be able to beat the Sacramento Kings who are on a nine-game losing streak. I don't think that's too hard of a task. Uh, Their only win of this week was beating the Memphis Grizzlies off of Luka Doncic making a one-footed floater that he said he just threw up there and didn't even think it was going in at all. And every, everybody who's seen it. I mean, it's a miraculous shot. But frankly, shouldn't be relying on Luka Magic to carry them uh, out of the play-in spot. And I don't think they will be getting out of that play-in spot. But again, that's their one win of the week. They lost to the Knicks and the Kings. Yes, the Knicks are on a hot streak. But come on, we all know the Mavericks are much better than the Knicks, much more talented. Uh, unless we want to compare Luka Doncic to Julius Randle and say that Julius Randle is better. And then you go down the rest of the roster and it's not even close in the Mavericks' favor. So the Mavericks should be playing a lot better than this. Uh, I don't think they're going to get out of that seventh spot and they're going to have to figure out how to win just one game in the play-in against probably the Memphis Grizzlies maybe the Golden State Warriors.
0: All right, well, another team that hasn't been doing itself any favors lately slides in at your number two most disappointing team of the week.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. They went 0-4 this week. They have a 10-game losing streak. Last week, I I mentioned how much they lost by in every single game because I think they lost by 24 or more in all of their games. This week, it's a little bit of a different story uh, for at least three of the games. Uh, They lost to the Jazz by 10. Uh, The Jazz actually opened... I think this is the worst NBA line I've ever seen. They opened as, I think, 17.5-point favorites, which is something that you don't see in NBA games, and the reason why is because... The Jazz were coming off a bad loss. I forget to exactly who, but not a team in the playoff picture. And then the Thunder were coming off a 38-point uh, loss, I think, to the Warriors. Or maybe it was the other time that they got blown up by 20-plus last week or something like that. So they were looking awful. The Jazz were looking to get revenge. Uh, good for them. They, they they barely lost by double digits to the Jazz, uh, they lost the Pistons by six, the Raptors by six, but again, that's the bottom of the Eastern Conference. But then they lost the Warriors. I mean, not not chronologically, but I'm circling back for uh, dramatic effect here. They lost the Warriors by thirty-eight points, giving up one hundred and forty-seven. Uh that's not a good, that's not a good look. Um, they actually. Out of, I'll get to this in a second, I've been foreshadowing this the whole time, uh, but out of Steph Curry's amazing week this week, that was actually his second lowest scoring output, and they still lost by 38, uh, the Thunder are just looking awful, and it looks like they're not even starting a starting point guard, because they're just waiting for Cade Cunningham to just slide into that spot immediately, and they would draft him early if they could, but if you look at where they are in the standings, they might not even get to that number one pick.
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that in a little bit, so you might be stealing a little of my thunder. So let's 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 pause with that. Ooh, stealing a little of my thunder. I didn't even mean to say that. Uh, no, no, dad pun intended here. All right, let's move to your third most uh, third most disappointing team of the week in the NBA.
1: I had to give it to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they went one and three this week. The only win they got was over the Sacramento Kings, who were on a nine-game losing streak. And again, they're actually not on here because they salvaged their week by beating the Mavericks. So I'd rather take the seven seed, that's one and two, than the uh, eleven or twelfth seed. I want to say that's one and two or one and three. Uh, the Pelicans again only beat the Kings, and they lost to the Knicks twice, once in overtime, as I mentioned earlier. And also to the Wizards. The Wizards actually another kind of honorable mention team that I could have thrown in there. But uh, again, not, not a great loss. That uh, Nobody considers the Wizards a great team. They're definitely talented. But if you've looked at how they've played this season, they've been very inconsistent. And the Pelicans are trying to fight for a play-in spot. And while Golden State goes 3-1 in a week, they go 1-3. It's not going to get the job done. Uh, that's why I say the Pelicans are very disappointing this week after also looking pretty decent for a few for a few weeks there.
0: All right, well, let's uh, end on a positive note, as always, with your player of the week.
1: I foreshadowed this like a thousand times already. Uh, I think everybody knows this. I don't even think I have to say the name. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, 43.8 points per game this week, 5.8 rebounds, and 5 uh, and five uh, flat assists. Really reminds me of the week where Damian Lillard, a few years ago, scored 60 in two games in the same week and one western conference player of the week and I think his average was like 57 and a half or something points per game really <laughs> reminds me of that uh lower volume but 54.3% from the three point line and he's making nine and he made nine three pointers per game this week he had 53 points against the nuggets 42 points against Oklahoma City and 47 against Boston which that was again they actually lost but still 47 points is crazy. Uh, and he also made at least 10 three-pointers in all of those games. And the one game that you could say was his little off game of the week, he still scored 33 points and uh, and, and shot a pretty respectable percentage from the field. So look, there's nothing to discount Steph Curry on this week. This was an amazing week. Frankly, I could have given it to him last uh, week. He had a pretty good one too, but I liked Jason Tatum in his career high at 53. But look, now he dropped 43 times in the same week. I think it's pretty obvious that it has to go to him. And also, who makes 11 threes twice in a game in a game twice in the same week, and then also makes 10 threes when he scores 53? It's it's something only Steph Curry and Damian Lillard can do.
0: Yeah, pretty amazing performances there from Steph this week. All right, well let's uh, let's let's move on to a few questions. Um, I want to ask your thoughts on here with respect to the NBA. Uh, the Utah Jazz—they currently have the best record in the NBA. They're 42 and 15, a 737 winning percentage, just ahead of the 40 and 16 Phoenix Suns, who we talked about uh, last week. And I think I posed this question, very similar question about the Phoenix Suns to you last week. Um, are the Utah Jazz for real, and will they hold on to the number one overall record in the NBA?
1: Uh, they are definitely going to hold on to that record. Uh, are they for real? I would say just as real as the Suns are. Uh- you might still place, and I personally would place, a team that's more star-studded like the Lakers and uh, the Nets if they find a way to get healthy, although I'm losing confidence in that. Uh, they, they would they would maybe, 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 maybe squeak ahead of one of those teams. I would still give the edge to the Lakers in the West, although I think it would be really rough if the Lakers had to play them in the second round of the playoffs uh, if they're not on as much of a roll and the Jazz will be able to carry over their uh, regular season momentum straight into the playoffs. I think the earlier the Jazz get the Lakers, it might be the better, and especially because if they can make it past the Lakers, I think they'll have belief that they can make it past really anybody. So I think they're for real. Uh, We'll see who they play in that 4-5 series. Uh, they got to hope that it's Denver, because if it's Denver without Jamal Murray, they would easily be able to take that series. Uh, That's probably the best matchup you can get out of the West, out of the— First round winners, you'd probably also see the Clippers, you'd see the Jazz themselves, the Suns, and then the Lakers. So I mean, that's four right there, and they one of them has to play each other probably. Uh, so they got to hope that the Nuggets can maybe pull off an upset against one of those teams. And if they don't, they're going to have a pretty tough matchup, no matter who it is. But I, re- I I think they're easily going to win their first round series. I I don't know about anything beyond depends on the matchup, but they are they are for real. It's just that the West. Is really really good at the top, and all anybody who makes it in to the Western Conference Semis is is probably better than whoever comes out of the East, excluding the Nets.
0: Wow. All right. Well, uh, next question, as we talked about earlier, Oklahoma City Thunder have lost ten games in a row. They're now twenty and thirty-seven, sitting with the first with the fifth worst record in the NBA, five and a half games behind Houston and Minnesota, or ahead of them, however you want to look at it. But behind them. In the tanking race for the number one draft, number one pick in the draft, Uh, both Houston and Minnesota are 15 and 43. So you mentioned, you know, we're not playing a point guard and looking for Cape Cunningham, who many uh, people presume will be the number one pick in the draft. Do the Thunder have a chance of ending up with the worst record and getting the number one draft choice? Um, What do you think?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to go back on that. That was actually a joke. I haven't watched a single Thunder game all season because they're an incredibly, no, I wouldn't say boring to team to watch. That's
0: how, that's well, to
1: yeah, but anyway, so the, I, I have not watched any other games this season. Uh, I don't know if they're playing a point guard or not, although I could assume that they're not playing any of the starting positions to go 0-10 uh, in a row. Um, but... I, I think there are teams who have a chance to get it besides the Rockets and the Timberwolves. I don't think OKC can get it. But again, remember, this is the NBA draft lottery, so there's not necessarily That's a true. guarantee that you get the number one pick just by having the worst record. Uh, I think they're definitely in the zone where it just feels like are just something. there's just something so off about this team that it almost feels like they're destined to kind of pull a new Orleans Pelicans and end up with the number one pick from the number six draft odds for it or lottery odds for it. I could easily see that happening. I also think they could get to third or fourth. I don't think they could get behind Houston or Minnesota. I mean, maybe they could get behind Minnesota. If Minnesota starts playing well with Anthony Edwards trending up, they have D'Angelo Russell, they have cat, they have some all-stars on that team. Uh, so they could start playing a little bit better if Minnesota has a really uh, bad schedule, and but I think there's not that much time left in the season for them to get down, get down too far. Uh, I think you could easily see them behind the Pistons, to, or, or I, I could easily see the Pistons getting into number two uh, behind Minnesota even. I think the only chance OKC has is to hope that the Cavs, for some reason Colin Sexton, just starts clutching up games and bringing them up the standings and maybe they can end up with the fourth or third worst record and then just hoping that the odds take them forward for the rest of it.
0: All right. Final question. Uh, Last week on the podcast, we talked or last time on the podcast, we talked in depth about the retirement of LaMarcus Aldridge, including the impact of his retirement on the Nets super team that we're now not going to obviously get to see with all the former all-stars they had and current all-stars they have in the team. Um, Then on Sunday, Kevin Durant got hurt and had to come out of the game. Are the Nets ever going to get all their superstars healthy at one time this season? And if so, will it be in time for them to gel before the playoffs?
1: I think they remind me exactly of the Los Angeles Clippers from last season where it always felt like at least one piece was missing. Um, Whether it was Kawhi and Paul George, I feel like they only played maybe 10, 15 games together in the regular season last year. And if you want, or or definitely before the bubble, not many at all. Uh, And then if you want to include some other players, you could also throw Patrick Beverly into that mix because he was out for a while last year. And then you end up, I think that that core three only played, I think they played less than 10 games with each other all season. And then when they started playing in the playoffs, I mean, Patrick Beverly actually missed a bunch of games in the playoffs too. Uh, it seems like they didn't know who the closer was. It seemed like they didn't know who the point guard was. It seemed like they hadn't figured any of that out. Uh, it seemed like they were trying to find themselves and you can't be doing that in the playoffs. Again, they blew a three, one lead last year. I don't think the Nets will do that because I think their core is just so much more talented. I think the only thing that could happen is, uh, I don't think a chemistry issue would, would make them blow a lead like that. But I think the real concern about them is can they actually get healthy at all before the playoffs, during the playoffs, uh, even after the playoffs? It feels like this team has a lot of injury issues. Even James Harden, who normally doesn't get injured very much, is suddenly injured. Uh, Kevin Durant has more of an injury history, especially recently, uh, and you wonder how many of those injuries are tied to that original Achilles injury. Uh, But I I think it's very, very possible that this Kevin Durant injury, they're going to try to be really careful again, And you might see him out for maybe 15, 20 games. And then by the time you get to the end of the season, there's only two, three left. And then they're resting them to get them ready for the playoffs. And you might never see that Kyrie, KD, Harden trio back on the floor. They did play a few games before, but you might never see that all on the floor at once right before the playoffs. And if you do, it will have to be like a very slim margin of games right before the playoffs start. And I, I don't think it's enough time to gel, and I don't think it's it's going to go very well for them past a few rounds in. Uh, I think if they run into a hot a, a, a 76ers team or a bucks team playing at their peak with a lot more chemistry, I think those two teams could easily bounce them from the playoffs. Uh, I don't really see anybody else doing it, though.
0: All right, well, we don't know how severe KD's injury was. It could be a short-term one. It could be a long-term one. So.
1: But again, even if it's a short-term one, they're going to be careful with it yep. because they don't want to reaggravate anything. So even if it should be a one-week, two-week injury, it might turn into a three-, four-week one just to keep just to play it safe, which, again, makes total sense, but uh, especially given his recent injury history. But at the same time, it, it, it's not going to benefit them in any way.
0: Well, time will tell. I think we'd all love to see the the Nets get healthy and have those three top teams in the Eastern Conference, kind of like you have the top four, top three depending on the injury status of the Nuggets uh, in the Western Conference. All right, well, that wraps this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please be sure to check out our next podcast, which will be on Friday, April 23rd, where we will talk about Major League Baseball and other significant events in the sports world. In the meantime, be sure to submit any comments you might have, topics you would like to have discussed, and check out Patrick's additional content all on our website. That additional content includes tomorrow's NBA Power Rankings update, Patrick's picks for next weekend's games, which as we talked about, will be published on Thursdays, and is MLB Power Rankings updates, which are posted on Saturdays. All of that can be found at our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number four, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.